0: Good May, everyone! That stands for Morning, Afternoon, and Evening. It is a greeting that started at Temple of the Jedi Order and has made it into their accumulating dictionary. So, I just love it and I'm gonna start using it in my videos. So, Good May, everyone! I hope that your month is going well. I, I wanted to do this video because I want all of you to better understand this Zoom event that I'll be hosting later this week. You all are invited, and by the time that this video is done, if you feel someone that is outside of the community could benefit from this guided ceremonial meditation called the Labyrinth of Release, they are very much welcome. It doesn't have to be that you're a Jedi. This is a Jedi meditation and a service for everyone that is informed and created for the Jedi, by Jedi, but also for anyone else that is wanting to experience it. So this video is going to cover the history, the evolution, the purpose, and the Jedi philosophy behind the Labyrinth of Release. So let's just jump in. All right. So somewhere around 2008, I found a web board on a website that was completely unmonitored called Jedi Church. It was actually the precursor Website to the now well-known Facebook page Jedi Church the original both the site and that group were founded by the same person So anyways, this web board had a lot of people asking about Jedi funerals They would come in express that they had some recently They had recently lost someone close to them who really loved Star Wars but They weren't exactly religious, so there was no real religious, like, this is what we're going to do, or this is what I need done for my religious rights. And these people were looking for a way to honor them in their death. They would be brothers, sisters, really close friends, mothers, fathers, the whole shebang. Like, these were people really looking for a way to manifest something for that. So they thought maybe Jediism had an answer. Well... No one ever got back to him. And they were left without an answer. And yet people still kept coming in and asking, even though they could see other people weren't getting answers. Maybe if enough people asked, something would happen. So, at that time, only two orders I knew, I knew of at that time. This was also about the time that I was starting to branch out. There were more orders out there that I didn't know about But even at this day, I think there was like only one other order that ever did it. So at the time, I only knew about two orders that addressed Jediism as a religion. Jedi Sanctuary and Temple of the Jedi Order. So I thought, maybe they had an answer to this question. And I could find something that I could give all these people asking these questions. Something that just could help them as they laid to rest a loved one. Well, (laughs) Jedi Sanctuary didn't have anything. And what Temple of the Jedi Order offered at the time was a book with a handful of one to two paragraph options that you could read at a eulogy. So like it was like these two paragraphs or this one paragraph. It was maybe like a four or five something odd pages of different paragraphs that you could use. You could pick and choose whatever you wanted, right? So, the thing was, is that what I kept seeing in all of these people at that web board, that the Jedi Church web board, was that they were looking for something a little bit more than just something you could read in a eulogy. Something that would make them feel like they were engaging Star Wars itself. The more I looked into this, the only thing I could really find in the fiction was the tradition... um, of a funeral pirate. it was the only thing that really stood out as being kind of more specifically based uh, in, in funeral processions that would kind of be unique ish to the tradition versus, you know, just an open casket like we have in the Western tradition. But the more I looked into this, the more I, uh, the more I, I started realizing that it wasn't really viable. Like, There was one place I found in the southwest of America that had the legal ability to perform pyre-based cremations. Kind of turns out that that's a fire hazard. (laughs) I mean, so... It doesn't, it's not really a widespread reality. I'm sure there were other reasons that it was a problem. They probably had to go through health codes and whatnot, because you have that as an issue. And having been in Iraq with all of the burn pits, if you constantly having pyres everywhere, I, I got it. I got it. And we probably really don't want them in places like California during droughts. So the pyres answer kind of had to go away, right? So I looked at different value systems instead i decided that i was going to see if i couldn't create something and i looked at the different value systems in the jedi community we're kind of an eclectic bunch right with varying beliefs about what happens after we die so i thought okay i'll try i'll I'll take a stab at this i'll create a modular funeral uh like you could pick and choose different pieces and so this what this ended up being was um and it would be based on different people's beliefs and whatnot. And ended, what ended up being, is that I had like different things. If this, if you, if your you or your friend believed this, then you could use this. And if not, here's another option. And it was just kind of like a manual of things. And it would, and it was in a structure of this is the ceremony, or, or here's a blessing, here's a ceremony, here's some readings, here's some I got it done. I put together this book. It took me a while, it took me a couple of months to even put this thing together. And this kind of was reflective of the fact that we had you know, this belief and the only real thing that had any value to Jedi philosophy, other than the fact that we were an eclectic bunch and so this was just an eclectic thing, was probably where I was talking about, and this was when I learned about it, Uh, tree burial pods, and so this I put in there I was like it manifests a synchronicity with the last line of the Jedi code in that there is no death there is the force so this would manifest that even in your death you were giving life to something else you're giving some the means of life for something else so you know kind of comes more from agricultural society and whatnot. but it really did manifest that last line guys it was awful like Really awful. It was so awful that about a week after I completed it, and I started contemplating on what I had worked on, I shared it with maybe one or two people I knew, none of them Jedi. I might have shared it with a Jedi. I don't remember if I shared it with any Jedis, but I do know that there was at least one person I shared it with, and she was pagan. Um, She was just somebody that I knew. And I realized just how... God awful this was. It was awful. It was no different than some of the Jedi code inspired paragraphs that Tot Joe had. Uh, that's the shortened word or shortened name for Temple of the Jedi Order. They also go by Tojo, but I use Tot So anyways, Tot Joe had uh, that you could just add to a eulogy. It was just kind of like, this really doesn't really go with the spirit of it. So I tabled it for a couple of years. I figured I could return later and see what I could come up with. The inspiration for the Labyrinth of Release actually began on Imbolc 2009. Though I wouldn't really hammer out any of the details until 2013. So on Imbolc 2009, I was invited by a friend to attend his ceremony. His ceremony included walking a labyrinth, which I found to be a very profound experience. I started looking at the history of labyrinths to learn that it's, you know, multiculturally used because, but you know, prior to this point, the only time I had ever been exposed to a labyrinth was via the Cretan story. So many of us are exposed to in grade school when we're studying classical mythology, you know, the one its the one where Theseus gets thrown into a labyrinth with a minotaur, and then he takes him out and he returns home a hero, right? That's the only time I'd ever heard of a labyrinth. Then I'm starting to walk one, and I find out that's what it's called, and I'm like, that's interesting. I wonder if it has other applications. Is it only for this? Is it only for that? And what I found was that, much like the word meditation, it had expanded its meaning. So, you know, meditation actually means to think deeply, to include, And this ended up later on expanding to include a variety of traditions from Eastern, Native American, and many more traditions that deal with focusing the mind. So, labyrinth as a word had expanded beyond the traditional concept of a structure that is easy to get lost in. It can be as simple as a spiral to a center point, so actually more like this, or a complex maze. Labyrinths go out to a variety of points around the world, right? Historically. And then they took on different meanings, depending on how the culture wanted to use it. So, for example, I'm probably going to butcher this word. I'ito. Which is translates basically to the man in the maze. So, this is a Native American concept. They took a labyrinth and this did not show up until the 1700s AD not BC AD and they they made this class this classical seven circuit labyrinth in their own fashion and they put a man in it and then they closed him in and this is supposed this represents a number of things but one of the more popular ones is that that labyrinth represents the different ways that you get to um or you get through life it's a representative of life so these these things, these cultures, used all these different ways to look at labyrinths. But they really did start in Greek, at least as far as we know, they really started in the Greek uh, traditions and kind of expanded out from there. But what this showed me was that the labyrinth wasn't inherently tied to any culture, but rather one that was very connective. And that's something that the Jedi Path aims to cultivate on a number of levels. Our philosophy isn't just rooted in the idea that every life is to be respected. It's also rich in understanding that we're all connected through the Force and by the Force. Much like how the Force connects us, the Labyrinth in its own way represents how humanity sought to connect with each other while maintaining their own unique identities. So the labyrinth model also worked well with another aspect of the Jedi path that has been interwoven into the community from its earliest days. Meditation focused on self-awareness. It gives you a real map to explore thoughts and feelings. You can trace a labyrinth in a meditation. And I wish I still had this thing so that I could show you. Uh, I had an aluminum version. A slow aluminum version and a stylus that I could trace and I could use and you can use it for meditation purposes now this came from a celtic festival I attended in 2007 so you know really I knew that labyrinths were a thing in 2007 but I didn't understand labyrinths and un- and I didn't even know what to look at with this thing. I just thought it was something that they were fun, was fun, and somebody had come up with it as a unique idea. Because we're always sitting there, you know, like when you were at Shoney's. I don't know if any of you guys know what Shoney's is, but when I was when when I was a kid, I would go to Shoney's and they would have these little placemats. And actually, I guess they really do it in a number of places. But for kids, they give you little placemats and you get some crayons and you like you have different activities you can do. And so the the map of, uh, of like a maze and you're trying to get to the center. I thought that it was kind of inspired by that, but it turns out it's actually, you know, but like later on I found out it was more than that. Anyways, getting out of that story. Cause I will go off on stories <laughs> and, and let me go back to this. So anyways, so it's, you know, you, you can trace it and you can, um, follow along with it through vision. Or you can do, um, you can trace it. See, I'm losing my thought with a stylist. You can also follow a long one through visualization, but you can also walk one. Obviously, that's what I did in 2009 was I walked one, right? So each one of these engages different senses and you can gain very different results from each method, whether you trace it, whether you walk it, walk it, <laughs> or whether you visualize it in meditation, right? Because they engage different concepts and things, and each one has their own benefits. Some you will personally find better than others. So anyways, uh, that's that's kind of what the heart of it is what exploration through meditation is, is doing. And that's kind of the heart of a Jedi's meditative practice, because you are contemplating your relation to say the Jedi code or your relation to the force. But it's at the heart is self-awareness in all of these things. So it is for these different reasons that you will find, I use labyrinths in like every Jedi ceremony I've ever worked to develop and that's really the key to what opened the door to using it as a platform for the funeral tradition that i wanted to build and i later called it the labyrinth of release so let's talk fast forward a little bit more so jedi master angelus of international jedi federation collaborated on some generalized philosophical points that should be reflected on in the ceremony one of the things that we concluded was that the Jedi funeral should be focused on helping the living let go of those who are no longer with them. This distinction that a funeral is for the living ties directly to the Jedi philosophy of letting go of attachments. In the prequels, so you know, we're, we're gonna tie this back to the, the fiction, in the prequels, we see that it was attachment to Padme that caused Anakin to fall for the lie of the dark side. And all the things that could be resolved could be resolved by letting darkness overtake you, right? And in the more recent Disney adaption of Vader's story in Kenobi, we see the second lie of the dark side, that in letting go of the light within yourself and allowing your darkness to take over, you don't got to deal with it. So letting go of attachment does not mean that you simply throw it away. That's not healthy. It has to be something you process through. And it can be direct, uh, it can be incredibly hard work. Funeral rites throughout the various cultures of the world were aimed at helping both the living and in some instances, the deceased in letting go of the past so that they can move on in their journeys. Similarly, we see that overcoming addiction is tied directly to working through emotional situations that cause a person to fall right back into their addiction. So one of the reasons that eulogies, uh, yeah, I, like I'm going to switch gears sometimes like but it all it all flows. Just just trust me, okay? So anyways, one of the reasons that eulogies are helpful for people to process their loved one is because a eulogy gives an opportunity to hear what made a person so wonderful. The drawback, however, is that the eulogy is written only by one or two people that knew the person in life you don't get to experience your own eulogy of that person. But that's what the Labyrinth of Release seeks to remedy. As you walk the labyrinth towards the center, you are meant to contemplate the life you shared with that person. Or even a pet. Yep, yeah, you you can do this for a pet too that you lost. You are also afforded an opportunity to share that with someone as they walk with you alone. Oh, sorry. I am reading from a script in case you guys haven't figured that out. (laughs) You are also afforded an opportunity to share, share this experience with someone as you walk and they're there to help support you as you process through all of those memories i should mention it can also help if you have had a bad breakup and you need to get through that so that is another reason that you can go that is its own death because death does not have to be seesaw life it can also be about change so you walk in you remember this person's life that you had with them some people it'll be longer than others a parent is going to have a much longer story than somebody who whose life was transformed by having them in, in their life for like two months. So when you reach the center, if you are alone, you can further reflect upon what you've seen. And by this, when I say you're alone, I don't mean alone in the sense of you don't have somebody there walking with you. They should be there to have space for you if they're with you. Right, so if you when you reach the center, if you're alone, you can reflect further upon what you've seen. And if you're with others that are processing that life, the life of a friend who's deceased, you can share stories around the fire about their life and see what others saw in the deceased. On the journey back to the entrance of the labyrinth, you are told to contemplate the lessons you gained from the deceased and/or the person you've lost is what I should say and how you wish to incorporate them into your, those, those lessons into your life more fully. And before you step out, you have one last chance to say something to either the deceased directly or the divine who gave you the chance to know this person before blowing out a candle and saying the words, I now release you into the force and step and step back onto my journey. So this actually did get updated in 2022. So this was my prevailing thing from like 2013. This was by the end of 2013, this was the established understanding of what the Labyrinth of Release was. We fast forward to 2022 and that's when I decided to work on putting the Labyrinth of Release into a guided meditation. Up to this point, it was not something that could be done on Zoom. It had to be done in person. But I decided that because most of our situations are done in an online environment, this is how we connect with other Jedi, there needed to be some way to facilitate it in a cyber environment. So I worked on this. And... um it kind of I ended up having to, to do it a bit faster than I initially intended because unfortunately I we were about to lose somebody at Force Academy to a brain tumor. So I was lucky I had actually tried already to do this with the New Year's Day meditation for uh, 2022 earlier, so earlier that year or earlier in the later part of whatever, you get it. So, um, I was like, okay, well, I at least have a little bit of this, but with the meditation with this guided meditation, I realized that there was some, there was room to insert another facet to this labyrinth, an opportunity for a person to seek forgiveness from the deceased. So to give you some backstory on that, this, this is how I reached this conclusion or how I reached to this point where I was going to incorporate it. In August of last year, I, I have been working or I started working with a forgiveness ceremony or a, working with the concept of forgiveness. And more specifically, I started studying a Hawaiian tradition now called Ho'oponopono. And from this Polynesian starting point, I looked at a variety of other cultures to find out just how important forgiveness was to survival. It's something that becomes an important, uh, or I'm sorry, it's something that becomes an almost natural thing as we continue to grow in our social networks. So it shouldn't be too surprising to find that some kind of practice of forgiveness is seen throughout the different cultures around the world. But what I found so intriguing about the Hawaiian tradition is that it was important to healing physical ailments. So according to Hawaiian tradition, if you were persistently sick, it was a symptom that was given to you to show that you had wronged someone or a divine being, a God or a goddess or something like that. So in order to heal from this, you had to seek forgiveness through a forgiveness ceremony. That has now been called Ho'oponopono in the modern age. Now, when I speak of this, I'm not talking about that meditation that was inspired by this tradition where it's just you alone. I'm talking about a very communal and religious version of that, uh, of, of it that required you to express yourself and demonstrate that you sincerely were remorseful after the ceremony the gods would heal the person who was sick. So that's the Hawaiian tradition. So today, what I know is that I can go on to John Hopkins Medicine, and I'm gonna put the link down in the comments, and you can read the article yourself. But it states, and I quote, I'm quoting, studies have found that the act of forgiveness can reap huge rewards for your health. Lowering the risk of heart attack, improving cholesterol levels in sleep, reducing pain, blood pressure, and levels of anxiety, depression, and stress. And research points to an increase in forgiveness health or forgiveness health connection as you age. end quote. This shows that this is not just something religion supports, science, has shown it to be a reality in a very real and physical way. So as I contemplated the next evolution of the Labyrinth of Release, I thought, how many times, just how many times have I heard someone say that they left on bad terms? I told that person off. I yelled at them. Before I walked out the door, and then they got into a car accident. Okay, that's kind of that's more of a tropey thing, but there have been people who have left on bad terms, and they were like, "I left so many years ago, and I never got to say goodbye to my father or my mother, and now I feel bad about it." I thought this might be the only other chance that they feel they have to ask an for an opportunity to say that they. Are sorry and to ask for that kind of forgiveness so at the center of the labyrinth for this meditation before you begin your journey you have an opportunity to say in private message that you need to ask for forgiveness so why is this so invaluable to have as an optional piece but also uh, it's because it is optional you don't have to do it and the reason that the anonymous feature is done is so that people who are in the zoom room all they know is somebody asked to have that opportunity for the right they don't have to know who it was no one has to know what is said between the person who needs to ask forgiveness and the person they are asking it up this is in meditation in a guided meditation, you are accessing an opportunity to use the force to speak to that person who ju- who has passed on from you to say, I'm sorry. That is powerful. So there are two versions of the guided meditation. One is for a specific person that has passed on. I've actually performed that one once before, earlier this year when we lost our Master at Force Academy. And then the other one is that is more nonspecific and is supposed to be communal in a way that you can go and attend this and you can focus on who you lost and somebody else can focus on who they lost, so it's more open. In the, in the way that it's written. And that's the one that we're going to be hosting close to Halloween. You know, that holiday that Western culture has associated so closely with death. And hopefully I'm going to do this every Halloween season or it becomes a tradition. Maybe somebody else that um, is initiated into how to do this kind of thing will integrate into it. So the one that I'm hosting in the near future invites everyone to attend. It has a bit of inspiration from the Kyber healing sessions that uh, Temple of the Jedi Order's Master, Rosalind Johnson, and I at Jedi Community Action Network, or Jedi Can for short, are hosting um, each week. Well, at least right now it's each week. It may, we we don't know what's going to happen with that, but it is a tradition. And the what has been pulled from that is that even those who do not know someone that has passed can join us and support someone either in attendance, processing the death of of someone that they've loved. So let's say that we have five people in the room, right? And two of them two of them are not uh they don't they don't know anybody that they lost, right? That's, they're not there for that. They can be there to support one of these three or the fours can carry them to someone else in need. Someone that they've never met. Someone that they have met. Could be either one. To walk with them, to walk with their spirit while they process through a piece of what's going on. And in their in their process of of the loss of somebody that they know this would be their own this would be a way of helping that person heal from that and that one that one would be more facilitated by the force but it is written in such a way that this happens, which is kind of why if you're going to do this meditation be the the master of ceremony, so to speak, you kind of have to be initiated into how it all works. So that you can help facilitate that space and bring them to that point so anyways um that that's something that we do and that's something that that we do in the kyber healing sessions and i wanted to bring that into the more open ceremony for the sessions that we do around halloween seasons hopefully here ongoing right so for those who are seeking to process the death of their loved ones, we believe that the Force can connect you to them regardless of when they passed, by the way. So if you still are holding on to someone who passed away 10 years ago, 20 years ago, like I did this just this past year, I was holding on to someone who passed away on around Thanksgiving 2009. And it's 2022 when I record this video. So I, this past summer, did this. Same thing. We believe that it has not, it is not too late for the Force to connect you to them in time so that you can give them a proper goodbye if you don't feel that you actually had the chance to. So something to think about. I hope to see many of you there. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and may the Force be with you.